0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged, and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Palm Sunday is today. Traditionally, I would do a Palm Sunday service uh, you talk about Jesus writing in, I'm just not. So if you are that person, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I recognize its importance and how it kind of just really sets the tone for, for Easter week. I have a, a different message that, that's on, on the table. But know this, Jesus on Palm Sunday knew exactly who he was going into that town. He, he had a, a vision he, he had a mission and a purpose that he was trying to accomplish. Those people, they were crying out, Hosanna, and praising him, and then a week later, you know, they're, they're crying out, crucify him. They didn't know really what he was up to. They knew something was up. Jesus knew exactly who he was, and he had vision. So I want to talk about vision tonight. I really want to talk about why did we start Freedom Church in the first place, a, a, a big part of that, and give you some, some vision and maybe some context of that. Let's start it off like this. Let's say... Um, Tomorrow, tomorrow for lunch for some for uh, like I'm just gonna take you guys out to lunch. We're gonna go down to Santa Fe, all right? Uh, and in this hypothetical situation, we have a choice to go to either uh, Chick Fil A or Wendy's, all right? So let's just do a poll in the room and and online. You can uh, I can see your comments. Uh, put me in, Would you rather go Chick Fil A? in the room, raise your hand, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, all right, and Wendy's, there's always one, there's, always, there's two, there's two, all right, there's, uh, there's a tent out back when the service is done, we, we pray for people uh, back there, and uh, we, can, we can pray for you guys um, back there, too. Um, Chick-fil-A, for, you know, for a lot of us, we choose Chick-fil-A, why, they do one thing well. I mean, they do some other things, but they do one thing really well. What is it? I want to hear it. What is the one thing they do? Chicken. Chicken. Yeah, we know that, right? We know, we know. That's what they do. They focus on it, and they do it well. Wendy's? I, I, I don't know. They're, like, all over the board on, like, is it, there's, like, chili and salads and the Baconator. The Frosty's pretty good, I have to admit, and you take some fries and dip that in the, in the Frosty. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know what, the, I really don't know what they're about. And a lot of that has to do with marketing, right? They just hammered out. We're going we're gonna to do a lo- They do, well, they do the mac and cheese pretty good at Chick-fil-A, um, you know, but the chicken, that's the main thing. Customer service, obviously a high priority in how they do their stuff. I want to I kind of talk about, like, what is the church's chicken? <laughs> Not church's chicken, but what, what is our, what is the one thing we do well? Because that was a big part in, like, okay, what is Freedom Church going to be about? And if you had to strip away everything, because we can do a lot of different things, like we're going to go to Ashley Pond next week and celebrate Easter and all those sorts of things. People want to know, hey, when are you going to get a a building, you know? And it's like, well, is that the thing? Is that the thing that makes the church a building? And we all say, no, obviously not. I really, truly believe if you just had to strip everything away, what's the church's mission? It is to present an excellent gospel presentation. That's the chicken. To present the gospel in an excellent way. And I'm just going to go out there and say that doesn't mean preaching. That doesn't necessarily mean a church service. I think that's one aspect of it. I would say the gospel is best preached through the people who are living it out. Your story. And we want to train and equip all of us together to be on a mission to to be able to tell the gospel excellently. When we're here, do it in an excellent way. When we're out of here, do it in an excellent way. And so our mission, when we say it at Freedom Church, our mission statement is this, to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. I quite, quite honestly, I, I came up with that because I'm like, that's all I can control, right? I really do believe if I had to pin you down and say, hey, what is the next, what's God calling you to do? And we'd be like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what's, what's something that you feel like you need to do that might be from God? If I really pressed you on it, you'd probably come up with something. That's the step I want you to, to take. And he usually doesn't give you more than one step. So I just was like, that's about all I can control, and I want to help people Take their next step. Find the freedom to take that next step. And congratulations, your reward for taking that step is another step. And we get to do that together. And I think a church that, you, that is united, that is taking next steps, that's obedient to what God's calling them to do, that's going to change not only your life, your family, that's going to change a community, that'll change a state, that'll change a world with a church that's, that's doing, taking those steps. So I want to do this. I want to show you a chart. I, I do have verses that I'm going to get into tonight, but I want to set it up like this. This is a chart that um, that kind of shows steps. This is not someone's worth or value. This is just kind of where, if I were to say, hey, where do you think you are on the spectrum of your relationship with, with Jesus? All right, so a negative 10, uh, I, I would put, it, like, that's the angry atheist, all right? They don't believe in God, and they're angry at him at the same time. Um, and so... I don't know why we do that, like I'm not angry at pink unicorns, uh, if, you know, if I don't think something exists, whatever, it's a, that's another sermon, but that is, that is someone who's just so anti, right? right? Zero, you're not a zero, that's like the point of conversion, what we would call in Christianity, that's where I'm like, I gave my life to Christ, eternity sealed, justific- like there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens there, but that's when you said, you know what, I say yes to Jesus, and later on tonight, I'm going to ask you to say, if you've never said yes to Jesus, let's, let's take that step. 10 is like you are just so on fire for Jesus, and just everything's going fantastic. So I'm not going to ask you to, to point out where you're at, but that's just kind of what the scale represents. Now, I want to go through some hypotheticals here. Let's, let's talk, I just made these names up, all right? Sam and Pam. Sam and Pam, they're a negative five. They are not really on, on the Jesus train. At the same time, I would say this is often when people who are seeking are open to, to come into church. They're, they're kind of in that phase. They, they might come and like we're singing and we're clapping and they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, uh-uh. You know, I'm going to say, hey, look at your neighbor and t- pick Wendy's or Chick-fil-A, you know, and you're going to be Wendy's or Chick-fil-A, and they're going like, to, eh, 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 you know, they're just kind of there. And then when the service gets done, you know, the, hey, did you like it? What would you think? Eh, is is okay. You want to come back next week? Yeah, I'll come. <laughs> and there's this wrestle of, like, I like it, hate it. I remember some times in my life where I was kind of in this In this spot, I'm like, I like this, but I'm not ready for this yet. But if 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 Sam and Pam come to freedom consistently over time, and they meet Jesus consistently over time, and like six months later, all of a sudden you kind of you kind of hear there might even be like a amen or you know something comes out you know versus this hard thing. Let's say they become a, a zero. Would we say? Would you? Would you say, "Hey, would that change Sam and Pam's life?" Yeah. That that would that would that would change their life, and we would we would clap and say, "That's a that's moving in the right direction." We we'll talk about somebody else. Let's talk about Harry and Sally. Harry and Sally, they're at a uh, they're at a two. And uh, when I asked this, I want to know what what was. Uh, online what is your what was your first job let me know what was your first job my first job that i had besides like lawn mowing um, i worked at a fast food chain called hardy's does anyone had you heard of hardy's i don't even know if it still exists um i loved it because we got to make our own sandwiches i don't think we were allowed to but they had um some like a roast beef machine and i just had it like stacked up to here this is when i was a teenager and I could just eat whatever I wanted. Now I'd gain 25 pounds uh, eating what I ate there. But anyway, but then after a while, you just kind of stall out. Like you start the job, this is exciting. And then somewhere along the way, it's just kind of like, uh, this is a job. And I don't want to do there. And I, th- I think, it, um, I see somebody said, Ruby K's, Arby's. Okay, K, you've been to, to Hardy's. I see that. All right. Becky, w- oh, you worked at Wendy's. That should make you not want to... <laughs> to go there anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. See, this is why I love preaching with the, the comments here. You might find it a distraction. I, I love it. I love it. Um, sometimes we get stalled out in life. And you might be at a two and then we're just kind of stuck. But let's say Harry and Sally continue to come to freedom. They continue over a period of time to meet Jesus, like they have experiences with Jesus over time. This is all a process where they just meet Jesus, and he gives them the next step. And let's say they, they, they saw it, but then they move from a 2 to a 5. Would, would, would you say that would, yes or no, would that change Harry and Sally's life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, know, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm led to, to call it. I don't know what you're in the middle of right now. I don't know if it's a next step or if it's a, a job thing or a financial thing or a, a health diagnosis thing. I don't know what you're in the middle of where you're kind of stalled out and stuck. Like, I'm glad you're here, but don't, you, you can take a step. There, there's, there's hope to move forward today, even if you feel stuck. Last one, Tom and Amy. Tom and Amy. I'll say this to you. You'll be glad. When you're at the five, when you're at the five, you'll be glad that you, you got up in the middle of your mess, in the middle of the junk, and you'll be like, I'm glad when I got knocked down and I got stuck that I got back up and I took a next step. All right, back to Tom and Amy. They're at a seven. They're awesome. You love them. They're serving. They love Jesus. They're helping others. They're leading. They're sharing their story. But, Um, Tom and Amy they're like you and I we can make some really dumb decisions anyone anyone want to admit to making some dumb decisions yeah and then we can double down on it too (laughs) right and just make it worse what happens when Tom and Amy go from a 7 to a 3 in the situation uh, maybe that is something that they created like we talked about burnout last week like, I, and I, I kind of hammered you a little bit hard last week. I, I'm sorry, not sorry. I really stuck it to you on, like, if there's probably, if you're feeling burned out, like, there might be some things that you're doing to contribute to that. But there's also a difference between burnout and being overwhelmed. And there, being overwhelmed is some things that have come that you haven't, that you didn't cause. But now it's in your hand and you got to deal with it. And it might lead you to burnout if you don't deal with it well. But any one of us can can be here and find ourselves in a spot where we get stuck or we're moving backwards, where things were 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 going great, but then I had I had kids. <laughs> I used to speak in full sentences before I had kids. And then it's like Dot! hey, don't do it. God! Ah! You know, and you don't even speak a full sentence anymore, right? <laughs> it it is uh, you are some of us. We'll move backwards because simply because, for some reason, we want to avoid Jesus. Like, I'll avoid Jesus because I'm like, if I really pay attention to Jesus, he's going to speak to me, and then I'm going to have to do something about it. Like It's like me going to Smith's. You go to Smith's, and you ever avoid anyone at Smith's? Like, you're walking down the aisle. Come on now, we can be honest. You'd be like, eh. put the mask up a little bit higher. <laughs> Get your phone out and act like you're talking to somebody on the phone. Sometimes we just want to avoid Jesus for whatever reason, and we we get off. We get overwhelmed with things. COVID, it has thrown a lot of people backwards where we're we're, we're overwhelmed. Let me tell you why this one's dangerous, Tom and Amy. And you've probably seen this happen. Maybe it's happened to you. This will get you kicked out of church. You start seeing somebody move in the wrong direction, and then all of a sudden, the accusations come, finger pointing come, and uh, you'll see people getting pushed out. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to say. I'll bring these up. They're hypothetical, all right, but actually very practical because we could probably point to situations. Freedom Church needs to be a place for all of these people, a safe place for all of these people, a place where you, where where people can come in and say, "I'm broken." I need some help. I'm stuck. I have questions. And this is a safe place. This is a welcoming place for all. That's what I, that's what I want. And I want to share, you, share with you a little bit about how we as a church can do this and create these environments. And if you picture yourself here, like if I heard your story, if I heard your story like as to why you walked away or to why you're stuck, I'd be right there with you. I'd be like, ah, if I were in your shoes, I would be right there with you. So it's not a finger-pointing thing. It is an empathy thing, and let's move forward type thing. You're like, does this change lives? Does a church like this change lives? Does it really work? Yes. Absolutely. You're like, Really? Like, is this going to, like, change Los Alamos and stuff? This will change Los Alamos when, when there's 100 Tom and Amys, 100 Harry and Sallies, 100 Sam and Pams that come and meet Jesus consistently over time. You, you think that is going to change a community? When you start seeing, maybe not hundreds, maybe it's thousands in Los Alamos who experience Jesus over time and just take steps forward. You'll see, I would say crime rates, but <laughs> Los Alamos isn't known for crime rates, but I'm telling you, it would change crime rates in Los Alamos. It would change drug use. It would change lives of teenagers. It would change lives of families and homes. It would change the community. You change this town, which as, you know, happens to host a national laboratory that sends people all around the world, you, you change the world. That's why this is a a crucial, crucial thing. And it's, how do you do it? One step at a time. One story at a time. One conversation at a time. One family at a time. One person at a time. Small steps. Small steps can change the world. Thank you. Thank you. And does it work? Yes, it's been working for 2,000 years. And it's been doing pretty good. That's what the first church did. That's what Jesus modeled for them. I want to share with you. Josh, you shared Jesus walking along, and he saw the guy who was sick and couldn't walk. This was Jesus' life. I'm going to pick up in Matthew chapter nine, says uh, in verse nine, as Jesus was walking along, I love it, he's just going about his life. As he's walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Time out, Matthew wrote the book of Matthew, all right? It's attributed to to Matthew. This is his story. This is Matthew. He wrote his story about Jesus, and then in 9, he's like, I'm going to write my story in right here. So he's writing about himself. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But the Pharisees paused. These are the church leaders, all right? These are the Jewish leaders. Anytime you kind of read about them in, in Scripture, they're usually the bad guys. It's kind of like Darth Vader music, like, enters in, and it's like, dun, 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 like, you know, Pharisees, all right? So, he's, they're always kind of at odds with Jesus, and you'll see why. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Oh, wow, now we're getting testy, right? There's some attitude being thrown in here. They don't like this, all right? So, a couple things on how we're going to do this at Freedom Church. One is acceptance. I want a church where everyone is accepted and welcomed. Now, it said in verse 9, it says, As Jesus was walking along, all right, you are the church every day, everywhere. All right? As he was walking along, he was attuned to what God was doing in his life. Every day, everywhere, you are the church. You are the church at home, you're the church on the soccer field, you're the church on the t-ball field, uh, you're the church at work, you're the church wherever. And then it says, he saw, he saw, so he wasn't so busy and burned out, you know, he saw. Like he, his eyes were out to see other people. A man named Matthew. And I love that because Jesus knows your name. He sees what you're going through and he knows your name. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Acceptance. Acceptance. Let's talk about this because Matthew was a tax collector. It means nothing to us, but tax collectors were hated. All right, These guys, you had Rome who ruled and then you had the Jews, the religion. These guys, these tax collectors were probably Jewish who kind of turned on the, the Jews, and now they're working for Rome. And the way they collected taxes usually meant they extorted and stole from people, their own people. So they're considered traitors. They're sleazy, right? And so many of them, um, that that's how they they did their tax collecting, was extorting people. And so they were hated in that time. It was like, we have different levels of sin. You know, uh, well, at least I'm not a murderer, all right? Well, at least I'm not a tax collector would be in part of that kind of context, all right? You gotta, that's, that's a big part of this. Now, Jesus, he, notice, he's sitting at the tax collector's booth. He's in the middle of robbing people. Jesus could have easily got that finger out, Right? You shouldn't be. How dare you? I can't believe all of this. And what does he do? He sees him in the middle of his sin. And he accepts him. It's not to say that it, I didn't say approval. Acceptance. Acceptance. Some of you get so stuck on if you accept someone that you approve of what they're doing. And so the truth bombs start coming in, right? No, come on now. Look at Jesus here. He he, he says, he accepts him. He says, come and follow me in the middle of his sin. Romans 15, 7 says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you so that God will be given glory. Our world knows nothing of this. It speaks of tolerance, but it, it only speaks of intolerance. You either have my views or you don't. And I, I, I didn't mean to go, I am, I'm going to touch on your political views, all right? Because this doesn't fit with, with our political system right now. Everybody, nobody's, I'm not going to accept everyone or accept everyone so that God will be given glory. No, I'm going to reject you so my party can win and we can be in power. This, you gotta erase this verse if you're in, in a lot of political stuff and you're like, I don't, this one's like you gotta X that one out. Accept others as Christ accepted you so that God will be given glory. This is a giving God the glory. And acceptance doesn't mean approval. I'm gonna say that again. Acceptance does not mean approval. Here's what I love. Well, let me ask you this. Who's good at math in here? Anybody good at math? Some. Who's bad at math? Bad at math, bad, all right? We're about 50-50 online. What are you, good at math or bad at math? You can let me know. Jesus, he's terrible at math. Did you know this? He's terrible at math. There's something called grace, and it never adds up because everything that he should have been doing is like, no, get him, Jesus. Lay into him. Let him have it, right? That's what the Pharisees would want him to do. But grace is like, wait a minute, you have all of this this list of stuff stacked up against Matthew. You can actually see him doing it right now, and you're saying, come follow me? Like, that doesn't add up, Jesus. Grace does not add up. It never makes sense. You're like, how did you do that math? He just wiped it all out. Acceptance. Acceptance. I want a church where people always, always are felt welcomed and accepted, no matter where they are in life. I would say, well, I'll just keep going. Second, hope, hope. We're in the 21 days of hope. I want a church where people know there's always hope. Jesus is making a statement. The next scene, he's at a party, at a dinner, at Matthew's house. Matthew says, hey, you, Jesus, your disciples, come with me and we're gonna have dinner. Jesus is making a statement. And you know he's making a statement and the statement was made because it brought in the, the religious people who did not like what Jesus was doing and they spoke up about it. He didn't, it wasn't just a fast food, hey, let's go have some fast food and drive through and keep going. He sat at the table. He went to their house for dinner. <laughs> he's not afraid of a mess. You start bringing in Messy people, right here, it's going to get messy. And he was not afraid to, to go right into the mess. Say, I see you, I know you, I hear you, and let's have a dinner together. Let's sit at the table together. But the Pharisees saw this and they asked the disciples, notice they didn't go to Jesus, why does your teacher eat with such scum? these sinners, these hated people. Now, before we get too high and mighty, just picture in in your mind someone who has really wounded you in your past. And I, I don't mean to bring up some dark part of your past, but you can think of that person who's really hurt you and really wounded you. Jesus goes to their house. And he's having fun. He's befriended them. Hanging out. Now, if you're like me, I'm like, no, no, no. You should be at my house, Jesus. If you knew what he did, ah, uh-uh, ah, uh-uh. you're at the wrong house, Jesus. You messed up. You there's something wrong with you because you should not be there, right? Okay, so just the Pharisees, I give them a little bit of a pass on this because they might be the ones that, hey, they robbed my family. And now you're at their place? Come on, man. Why is he eating there? I want a place of hope. <laughs> because when they said, hey, why does he eat with such scum? And they were, he, they were asking the disciples, like, hey, 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 why, why is he over there doing that? Jesus got up. Come on, somebody amen that. Because when someone talked trash about his kid, Jesus got up. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sit on that one. You're, you're going you're gonna to talk smack. No, 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 no. This is my child. I created them, all of them. And he says, here, 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 here. He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he goes on to say in, in verse 13, flip it over. He says, hey, I, I don't want to stop there. Like, I'm just getting warmed up. Now go and learn this. <laughs> like, they knew the scriptures. They knew it. Like, this is just like throwing a dagger right in there. He's like, Go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not who's those who think, but those who know in their heart that they're sinners. <laughs> you ever as a kid, did you ever as a parent, when you did something wrong or you said something wrong and they're like, do it again? And you're kind of like, uh, like, say that one more time. And you're like, do I say it, or I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. This is like a trick to you. But if they do it again, like, I just know, as a, I say that as a parent, but I'm kind of like that, I'm like, do that one more time. You know, and they do it one more time, and then what? I'm up, and I'm like, I'm taking action, and I'm getting in charge. I have hope because Jesus got up. Jesus got up in this situation, and he says, you're going to accuse, I'm going to come and defend. Jesus didn't stay in the grave, he got up. Jesus didn't stay in heaven. He got up from his seat in heaven and came down to earth in the presence of you and I to say, hey, I want a relationship with you. This whole thing is about hope. I am so grateful that Jesus got up in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my sin, and he did not give up on me. When I was backsliding, going from a seven to a three, he was right there with me. He was right there with me the whole time, loving me not approving but accepting me and always providing a way out and always a way of hope there's always hope i want people to always know always know even in the challenging circumstances that there's always hope the third thing is connection i want a church where people don't have to wear a mask connection you could also just say equals vulnerability because when you are vulnerable Now I can have a conversation with you. Now I can connect with you. Now you're not fake. You're hurting too. I'm hurting too. He said, I I call those, not those who think they're righteous, but those who know that they're sinners. Do you know anyone who's a hypocrite? Nope, do not point, do not point, do not point. Not nice. Jesus, he hates the hypocrites. <laughs> just, he, he goes off on, on, the, on the hypocrites, and we hate the hypocrites too. Hypocrites is the Greek word. It's a, in the Greek, is, is kind of like a word for an actor, a stage player. Hypocrite's kind of the, the gap between what we say or think and then what we actually do and we live out. I love how Jesus just, he sits at the table with these guys. This is something about Freedom Church that I want you to know. It's one of the reasons why we don't do a whole lot of programs. I'm a program guy, by the way, but we just don't do a lot. Like, when's the Wednesday night Bible study? We don't have one. I honor the table. I honor your table. And it's been hard in a coronavirus world where you can't have people over for dinner at your table. But when you sit at someone's table, now I can have a conversation with you. And over time, just sitting with people and, and doing life together, you can be vulnerable and you can open up. At Sitting at the table, eventually I can say, I'm not well. And even those, if it's not me, I can see my friend who I've known over time and say, you're not well. I'm hurting. At sitting at the table, I can say I'm struggling. I am taking pills. I can't stop looking at porn. The drinks, I can't stop the drinks. I've got at sitting at the table, I can say I'm broken. And now it's not so much that you're fake, it's you you're real and I can connect with you. We can actually have a real conversation. I know why we don't do this. I know why I don't do it. Like, it's hard. No one wants to admit the dark stuff in their life where they're struggling, and especially in the church world. Hey, a pastor. I I, if I start saying, "Hey, here's the stuff that I," a lot of churches, you're fired. You're certainly not getting hired. It's hard. I want want a church where we can be authentic and real and vulnerable so then we can connect with one another. Because here's the deal. You don't close gaps with perfection. You close gaps with Jesus. That's it. You don't have to fake it. You can be real, and it's okay. Jesus, he knows. He already knows. He still loves you, and he's still with you. We want to honor the table. I, I, I say that again just to say, I'm not going to load up your schedule. If you have a night where you're like, hey, we're just going to meet as a family and sit at the table, I think that's the best discipleship that can take place. You sitting there with your family for a night when you've got a bunch of other things going on. You having another family coming over for dinner and just being instead of doing. We'll still do things, but that's a big part of what we do and why we do it. Last thing, number four, I'm going to keep this moving. I want people to meet Jesus. I just want people to meet Jesus. Whether you're a negative five, whether you're a two or a seven or a ten, I want you to continually have experiences with Jesus consistently. I'm just i a firm believer. Maybe I'm naive. But I just think if you meet Jesus and you get in his presence, you can't stay the same. He's going to call you to another step. There's just something in your soul that says, this is right, I want this. And I can't do that. I can't make Jesus speak to people's hearts, but I can create environments and you and I can create welcoming and accepting and vulnerable environments that Jesus seems to say, hey, now that heart is soft and let's talk and let's do business. I want people to meet Jesus. Matthew, he started that day as a tax collector. Uh, I want out of this. I don't like it. People hate me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what would be next. And then he meets Jesus. And just like that, his life changed. He sat down as a tax collector, and he got back up as a follower of Jesus with his eternity changed in that moment. And he started to tell his story. If you read Matthew, if you read Matthew, chapter 8, 9 is filled with like all these miracles where Jesus is just kind of going along and it's miracle here, healing here, and and it goes on. Sandwiched in the middle of all these amazing miracles is this story about this no-name tax collector Matthew. Matthew sandwiches his own story with all these powerful miracles. I want to say this. I think one of the greatest miracles in your life is when Jesus came into your heart and you said yes, and you hit zero with him, and you said, I'm going to start working with him. The greatest miracle is salvation that we receive by grace, nothing that we earned and did it. And I think Matthew was just going to say, like, this is the most powerful thing that's ever happened to me. There's all these great miracles that we've, Oh, you did that. You calmed the storm and all this. But this one, you got to know this one. Because this is my story. And I got to tell you my story. He rounds out chapter nine with this. He says, he says, "When, when Jesus, he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. So he looked out. Then he looked in. He looked inside. I got compassion for them. Because they were confused, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest. So he looked out, looked in, looked up. Out, in, up. Pray. Who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into the field, and then let's go. Look out looked in looked up and then he's like let's go there's opportunities all around to tell your story there's opportunity and you don't have to use it with words although this week we are emphasizing using it with words you don't have to use it on social media although this week we are emphasizing and helping you on how do you share it on social media but you can use it through actions as well but you look for the opportunities and you share I love, 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 love the Bible. And as we've been talking in this series, 21 Days of Hope, you saw jacked up, messed up people. We talked about Noah, we've talked about Abraham, we've talked about Moses, we've talked about David murderers, adulterers, Noah was drunk and naked and running around. Like it's all, like the bibles it's unfiltered. It's just like, boom, here it is. Here's the good, the bad, the ugly. You got Peter who's denying Jesus, you know, his best friend. All perfect examples of why you're like, well, that's not a good example. That's not a good example. That's not a good example. These are all patriarchs in our faith, right? This is how God works. He takes messed up people and he says, I love you, I forgive you. And when they have an encounter with God, when they get in his presence and they take that next step, you don't know what's on the other side of it. On Palm Sunday, (laughs) Jesus says, hey, go, go into town and there's going to be a guy with a colt. Tell him the Lord needs it. I don't know who that guy is, or who that girl is, or who that person, we we don't know. They're unnamed. We just know in the next thing, they have the cult, and Jesus is riding in. I wonder what that person was thinking. What? No, this is mine. I need it. What for? What is the... We just know that he said yes. Little did he know that that yes was going to be a part of history forever, that his cult was going to be the one that's fulfilling prophecy that day, hundreds of years old that day, that we still talk about today as Jesus is writing in. That, that, I love that part of the unnamed, the unnamed person, the owner, who said yes. You don't know what's on the other side of your yes. It might just change someone's life. It might just change someone's eternity, which just might change Los Alamos, which just might change the world. How do you change the world? One story at a time. Starting with yours. So make it a good one. Let's make it a good one, huh? Let's stand. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.